Good morning, everyone. So friends, uh, we're celebrating the solemnity of the uh, Holy Trinity, and uh, most preachers uh, approach the ambo uh, with anxiety, uh, because I have to explain to you something that is unexplainable, almost. And uh, so, my friends, I begin with um, a quote um, from the church on the teaching of, um, it comes directly from the catechism. And uh, here's what it says. The Blessed Trinity is the principal truth of our Christian faith. There are three persons in one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Not three gods, but one God. Not a hierarchy of gods, but three co-equal in divinity. Each of the three persons possesses the same divine nature. Each is distinct from the other. However, without division and united in all things. That is a direct quote from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And if I had any sense in my head, I would just go sit down now. <laughs> but you know I've been with you nine years. I do not have that kind of sense. And I will not have someone sit down. <laughs> so my friends, um, in our gospel I looked at it, and I'm not sure why Mother Church would have chosen this particular passage on the celebration of the Holy Trinity, because it does not mention the Trinity directly. However, I think Mother Church assumes or presumes that you have read John's Gospel. And if you have, you would know that uh, the third chapter of John's Gospel deals with the Holy Trinity. It references it quite a bit, just not this particular passage. The Holy Trinity uh, is admittedly really hard to understand. And I suspect this may be the reason why uh, a lot of preachers don't speak about the Holy Trinity this way from the ambo. And because it, uh, and the truth of the fact that it is fundamental and essential to the teachings of the Catholic faith, of the Christian faith. And even so, with this, many of our popes admitted that the Trinity is a mystery that we cannot unveil in this life. But I have to try to unveil something in this homily to you. Um, the Holy Trinity, um, three persons in one God. Now, my friends, uh, taking into consideration the Jewish faith, uh, they would say, this is a denial of the first commandment, Reverend Mark, um, to which I would say, mm, not exactly. Because they would say, there is only one God, you know, where it is written in the Decalogue, and he is indivisible. And I would say that is true, but let's talk about this. Now, my friends, I also admit that science and mathematics would also come to me and say, Reverend, three does not go into one. You're so silly. Yes, perhaps I am silly, but let us talk about how, let us talk about the oneness of the triune God. And my friends, many of our great Christian thinkers have given many analogies, and some of them are really wonderful but they really all pale in comparison. So we will never fully uncover the mystery, the full meaning, the full truth of the Holy Trinity, but that does not mean we cannot appreciate it, if only in a veiled way. So I looked, the second reading and the gospel speak about relationships and family and community. That's what it's talking about, really. And um, the mystery of the Holy Trinity, thus, is a mystery of love and John would tell us that God is love. He almost implies 
Here, if you want to know about God, love. And he uses it as a verb. And um, in there, um, he would almost put forth the name of God as love. But Jesus taught us differently, giving us the name Father, Son, and Spirit. And uh, this mystery of the Holy Trinity is one of a mystery of love, of community, of unity. And the Holy Trinity actually creates these very things in our existence. So what the Holy Trinity is, is to be a blueprint of us. And uh, the revelation of this mystery, uh, I just want to be, because I brought up the Jewish people, does not abolish the revelation found in Old Testament, but rather brought it to clarity and fulfillment in the Old Testament, the revelation of the oneness of God was crucial to the Israelite people. It would make them different from the others. We read there, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God and the Lord alone. Therefore, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength. Deuteronomy. The Lord is one. And this is a profound mystery also for the Israelites because they lived in a time when there were many gods, all kinds of gods. Each family had their own god. And uh, the oneness of God is dynamic and propagates itself. And so, my friends, um, I think when we look at this, I'm trying to make the Holy Trinity just, I can tell you about it, but I need to make it relatable so that you'll walk with this. And uh, some of the difficulty, I believe, with the Holy Trinity springs from the word person. And um, what person means in theology, particularly with the Holy Trinity, is not what person means in our common language. It's different. It's something that is different. We make an error in looking at the divine persons and God in the same way we look at three human persons. My friends, uh, how they defined it back then in their time is different from the way we do it. And even now, and I want to be very careful about how I speak about this, but even now our society is attempting to redefine person. It, they, them, he, she, we. And uh, I've been waiting for the time for someone to come and say, Reverend, I'd like to talk to you about this triune God that you teach about. I want to talk about them. And I'd be like, yeah, 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 no, no, no. That's not the way we understand it. That's not the way you are coming at me with something different. But let's talk about it. Let us talk about it, nonetheless. And, uh, but my friends, when it comes to, um, to people, um, like I said, the difficulty becomes in that terminology of persons. In human beings, uh, it's different. And each human is different. Last night, there was a set of twins that came, and I used them as an example. They look the same, they act the same, they talk the same, they even like the same food, but they are not the same. They are different from each other. They are absolutely distinct. But that is not true of the Holy Trinity. It's something different. And... Uh, um, with people, uh, even, with, even with identical twins and triplets and stuff, uh, one is not the other and they can never be. A human person is vibrant and independent um, and with their own unique 
subjectivity and knowledge and freedom and life. But the divine persons are not persons in this sense. If they were, they would be three gods. So the three divine persons are not persons in that sense. Each divine person is God, whole and entire, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, one in being, as uh, we say uh, in the creed, we preach every Sunday, you know, we say it. God, the one God, and the distinction between them is only, and this is a quote from another theologian, if we can, um, the only distinction comes in the relationship to one another. And in the task, not my words, what this theologian said, in their task and their operations, the way Scripture ascribes to them. So it'll be familiar to you. God the Creator, God the Redeemer, God the Sanctifier. God Father, Creator, God Son, Redeemer, Holy Spirit, Sanctifier. You see the descriptions on what they're doing, so to speak. So this theologian says, to that extent, we can say there's a distinction, but outside of that, there is not. And um, they remain um, the same God who produces all things in themselves. And the dogma of the Holy Trinity attempts to tell us what God is like on the outside and on the inside. On the outside, as I said, creation, redemption, sanctification are clear expressions of God's love as we see in the scriptures. We are able to know from these events that God on the inside must be a principle then of love. As St. John, the beloved one, says, love. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit exemplify and personify love. The Holy Trinity is a marvelous mystery of love. But it is also a mystery of the perfect family and the perfect community. God is not solitary alone in this sense. Jesus spoke about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Holy, actually, the Old Testament speaks about it too. I have, uh, you're probably not interested, but I have references uh, to that. You're like, Father, put that down now. Be, be good. Um, but um, Genesis 1.1, where God created everything and he speaks uh, Genesis 1.26, Genesis 11.6-7, 1 Samuel 16, Daniel 7.13. In those scriptures, we find hints of the Holy Spirit where it's always being referenced, so it should not be shocking to us. The New Testament, that is completely different, is filled uh, with images of the Holy Trinity. And so, uh, as John puts it, the Holy Trinity is a marvelous mystery of love, of community, of relationship, the Holy Trinity is our way of talking about the inner and outer workings of God. It would seem all about love and love's expression, and about God's endless depth of love in himself, and about God expressing this love in relationship to us. I don't think God revealed that he's Trinitarian just because it would be fun. Actually, I think God is telling us about it because he wants us to enter into that relationship and make us realize that we are to be on earth that way. And um, we are to be community. We are to be love. And uh, we are to communicate with each other. And um, God's love is so great among God's self that it pushed itself outward for care and concern for all of us. And when it comes to science and they want to, I want to talk to you about the Big Bang. No problem. Let's have a conversation. God's love was so great 
in itself, it was so powerful that kaboom, the Big Bang. Now, if you want to bring him about, talk about stars and universes, that's fine too, because he made all those things. See, I don't have any problem with science. I just have the answer to it, so to speak, to which they would say, Father, come on now. I'm like, come on. Anyone who's been in love knows, kaboom, <laughs> right? <laughs> so the greatest and the biggest love of all created everything. It was so tiny and yet so great and vast that it just had to explode into everything. And it created us. So my friends, all this love and concern uh, given to us. As a matter of fact, I will quote you from the Old Testament. We are supposed to be, although many people, this oneness of God that we see in the Holy Trinity. There it says, One nation shall not raise a sword against another, nor shall they train for war again. Isaiah. Faith and trust in the one true living God will bring harmony among all peoples. And then the world would know true peace. And this reality was brought forth in the full light in a profound way thanks to the revelation of the Holy Trinity, which does not weaken anything in the Old Testament and its teachings, but reveals the extraordinary dynamics of God and His unity. It is a unity that draws people into union with each other. They are three persons who form one God. Remember, persons not in the way we understand. In the mystery of the Trinitarian unity, we find the source of our own interior life, as well as our own interpersonal relationships and how we should be interacting with each other. Jesus presents the union between him and his Father as a model for us, describing it in terms of a love that is reciprocated and about a unity and a community and a family. Jesus says, May all be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, and here's you guys, and that they also may be in us. He's talking about us. All Christians are called to be in the depths of their own hearts the image of the perfect unity that exists in God. The interior peace that we should obtain having this knowledge then about the Holy Trinity God's unity impels us then to pursue unity with others, just as Jesus told us, Father, that they may be one. He's talking about us, that we may be one with each other. The ideal of the unity is the contemplation of the Holy Trinity, in whom there are no divisions or oppositions, but only a full gift of self. Perfect love. It is a love that should fill us and as Jesus says to the Father, I have made your name known. What name did he make known? Father. He gave a name to God. Father. And to himself, Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Huh? And the one thing he pointed out is we have to remember they are suffering. There are some who just want to jump on a bandwagon and just be silly. But there are others who are truly suffering and we can stand by the teachings of our church, but with care and compassion walk with brothers and sisters who are suffering. Because that is what a family does. That is what a community is supposed to do. That is what we're asked to do. So I'll include that pastoral letter so you can all read it. It gives us a way to understand 
It's a remarkable letter written by this archbishop uh, who stands by the truth of the teachings of the Catholic Church and then extends a hand and says, let us talk about this. Let us talk about this. Amen?